0: Welcome back to Tim Graham and friends brought to you by CTBK CPAs and business consultants. I am Tim Graham of the athletic here with Jonah Bronstein of the Bronstein firm and Matthew Fairburn bills, beat reporter for the athletic. And what did we learn about the Buffalo bills Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, They can win an ugly one against a good opponent. Uh, able to bounce back at halftime with help of Taryn Johnson's pick six uh, right before they head to the locker rooms, uh, gave the Bills some new life and then Josh Allen and Brian Dable seem to be connecting and firing on all synopses as they have uh, through most of their games this year, totally different offense after halftime, but, um, Your thoughts, guys, on the big primetime, I think we can call that a blowout, when uh, the Steelers looked like they were just thoroughly defeated about halfway through the fourth quarter, Um, and uh, on the doorstep of winning the division.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that seven-minute drive at the end of the game, to me, makes... uh, makes it feel like a blowout, right? When, when they can just suck the life out of a team like that, I think is a, a nice characteristic to have before they head into the playoffs and the adjustments they made within the game. I mean, that Steelers team, and you mentioned this a little bit last week leading into the game, Tim, it wasn't they'd lost some of their shine after losing to Washington. They didn't look great against a COVID-depleted Baltimore the week before. But most of that was offense. You know, the offense for Pittsburgh isn't all that impressive. They're not running the ball well. They drop passes. Uh, Somebody had a tweet that Ben Roethlisberger looks like the guy that's been slamming Thanksgiving food all day. And then the kids ask him to to come out and throw some passes around. Like, (laughs) I thought that was a, a pretty good comparison for what he looked like. So, you know, that offense is not overpowering. But the defense definitely is. So for the Bills offense to come out and, uh, you know, they put up 19 points on offense, but a big chunk of that came in the second half. Josh Allen was 10 for 10 in the third quarter. Um, You know, third quarters were a problem for them. So they're starting to figure out all these different pieces to who they are. And uh, you look around the AFC and think they, they play like that. They can basically handle themselves against just about anybody.
2: Well, I think that's the biggest thing I learned is the simplest thing, is that the Bills can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and look like clearly the better team. And if you look at if the playoffs started today, the Bills would be the third seed, the Pittsburgh would be the second seed. So There's a possibility that there could be a rematch in Pittsburgh in the second round of the playoffs. And if the Bills win out with the way Pittsburgh's playing and some of the games they have, that second seed is in place. You're talking possibly two home games for the Bills and two winnable playoff games which i don't think even a week ago a lot of objective people thought the bills were a team that would be favored to go to the afc championship i think we talked about that a little bit on last week's pod is in a what if now it seems like the bills are in you know we're past the quarter poll and they're in pole position for uh second place in the division and and that those two home playoff games which is a new wrinkle you don't always get that you wouldn't have gotten that in a 16 playoff so i think Beating Pittsburgh changes a lot of perceptions about where this season could go. Good Look at Jonah
0: bringing out the quarter pole and, uh, proper. Pro-
2: yes. I love it. I thought about uh, it last week and I wanted to say it. I didn't get it in, but like, yeah, you know, I know how you are about your quarter <laughs> polls. You're very picky about your poll usage. And I wanted to make sure we got that. Correct. Big fan
0: of poll. Hey, uh, so the bill, uh, just to add another uh, wrinkle to uh, what you were just saying there, Jonah, you mentioned uh, the simplest terms. Uh, uh, we learned that they can beat the Steelers uh, and be the better team clearly, which is you know, uh, something that I think fans are starting to get used to, an expectation of winning even against good teams. Um, but what about the aspect of playing poorly through the first half of the game? Does that mean that the Steelers were an overrated opponent, or does that maybe make the Bills that much more impressive that they were still, uh, by by, in a very distinct way, the better team on the field on Sunday night and only
2: really had 30 good minutes? Well, let's say 35 good minutes. Well, yeah, you're right. They They maybe weren't better than the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first half, but they clearly were in the second half, and that's a little bit of a – new development for the Bills this season. Even in a lot of their wins, they've been outplayed, particularly in the third quarter, and seemed like they didn't make the right adjustments or they didn't adjust as well as their opponent. In the last couple weeks, I think we've seen the Bills be in the team that made adjustments and did well in the second half, and that's a very positive development uh, going forward to the playoffs.
0: The Steelers still have some weapons, and granted, uh, they helped the Bills out with those drops, especially early in the game, to really kind of set a tone for the Steelers offense. Uh, The, the bills defense has been stringing together some really impressive performances. And I think you can even go back to some of those games where they gave up a lot of points because it was situational football. I'm thinking back to Seattle uh, in which the bills were clearly in control for that game, still gave up whatever it was 30 some points. What was it? I should have that in front of me, but um, gave up a lot of points to the Seahawks, but they were really attacking. And the reason that they gave up a lot of points late is that they were up two and three scores um, and you know, got burned on, a, on the one play, uh, on the one long pass uh, late in the game. But those, t- the, those points that the, that the Seahawks were scoring were pretty meaningless. So I think that distorts even that game. Uh, but the Bills' uh, defense has been on a, on a nice little run here.
1: I think the defensive line has started to really click in the last six games or so. And, you know, they, they poured a lot of money into it and not a lot of teams are able to get to Ben Roethlisberger and and bring him down. Uh, The bills are able to do that. They, they pressured him, moved him off his spot and he's not comfortable moving around the way that he was maybe five, six, seven years ago. Uh, He's certainly lost a little bit of that part of his game. So, you know, the, the way that the bills, you know, that defense basically looks to me a lot like the 2019 defense. It, you know, I don't think there's a huge drop off the way there was earlier in the season. And there's clearly something, you know, I think early in the year their passing defense was up and down and that was probably the biggest, as much as the run defense was a problem, you know, the passing defense not being the strength it was might've been a bigger problem in some of their matchups. And now that they have the defensive line working a little bit, it's helping these, these, you know, defensive backs disguise their looks a little bit more. They're just making quarterbacks look frustrated and, and not like themselves outside of that drive Kyler Murray had at the end of the game and the, the deep throw to Deandre Hopkins, Russell Wilson, you know, looked out of sorts for most of the game. Kyler Murray looked out of sorts for most of the game. And then coming out of the bye, they've allowed 18.6 points per game in their last three. Uh, Justin Herbert threw for 300, but, you know, looked, you know, kind of out of sorts for most of the game. So they've really done it now against a lot of good quarterbacks, as opposed to last year when they were playing a lot of lousy quarterbacks, they're playing a pretty high, you know, caliber of, of opponent. And really Patrick Mahomes got to them, Ryan Tannehill got to them, but, uh, you know, there haven't been, especially lately, a lot of quarterbacks that have been able to solve this secondary.
2: Well, the defense won the game and, and scoring on defense, which is something that you can't really predict when that's going to happen, but it had seemed to have been a hallmark of Sean McDermott's defense that it would happen every so often. Or The Bills had the over.
0: longest drought of a defensive touchdown. The longest active drought in the NFL ended last night with Taron Johnson's pick six. At and how many
2: eight. Forty-five games. Okay, I thought it would have been. I didn't realize it had been that long. But you think back to that 2017 season when they were either scoring or getting turnovers that put the offense right on the doorstep almost every week, or you know, very often. And, and as you said, that hasn't happened. And now that's that goes back almost three seasons that that hadn't happened.
1: Yeah, that's a. You, I don't. I forget what the percentage is, but it's a pretty gaudy percentage when you score on defense uh the odds of you winning that football game and that changed everything before the half it looked like the Steelers might get a little bit of maybe a 10-point lead at the very least and all of a sudden you know the or I guess a seven-point lead or maybe a 10-point lead and then all of a sudden Taron Johnson just flipped the game on its head and after that you know it was it was off to the races. What are the expectations
0: here for the last uh, month of the regular season? No, not even. What is it? Three games. So it gets us through Christmas and uh, New Year's. There's still a game uh, right after New Year's, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Bills might be looking at uh, uh, Matt Barkley starting that game and really not caring uh, what happens with the Dolphins' fortunes.
1: Uh, Depends if they want to chase the number two seed.
0: Yeah, it well, d- it depends on really how everything else falls uh within, especially now that they've beaten the Steelers. Um I don't know. Matt, you've uh I know that you uh you've seen uh, see what happens when uh when I try to take a nap in the middle of the day, my brain stops working, I haven't been able to recalibrate. Um, words I work with words for a living, uh, but for whatever reason I can't think of the word Allegedly you you, there's a word I'm thinking of and my my mouth wants to say permeate and that's not it. You, when you cal, when you calculate numbers, you. Permute. 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 <laughs> you permute. Yes. See what happened? Sunday night game. So I was wide awake. I go to bed at about three 30 last night after writing my story and I watch a little TV and have something to eat. And I'm wide awake at seven today. And, uh, so around, Around lunchtime, I decided I was going to lay down for a little nappy and uh, slept right through our previously scheduled uh, podcast time. Oh, and you know what? It was mentioned on Twitter. If you're uh, tuning in today to listen to Heather Prusak, uh, that's not going to happen because I slept through our previously scheduled time. So Heather's going to join us next week. But these guys, Matthew Fairburn and Jonah Bronstein, are loyal uh, my loyal soldiers, as Kellen Winslow Jr. would call them, loyal F's. Yeah, these right. are my loyalist F's. Always there, always a phone call away. Uh, so anyway, that's my my ramble of uh, explanation as to why I can't uh, get a a straight thought out of my head, and stands to reason that it took me four minutes to explain that I I can't think straight. So Matt the bills and all the different scenarios. And how do you, how do you see these last three games shaken out?
1: Well, the bills now have a better chance at the number two seed than they do the number four seed, uh, according to football outsiders projections, which is uh, a good place to be, but they're most likely to get the three seed and most in about half of simulations, they end up with the number three seed. So I think the question becomes if heading into week 17, you know, a lot of people are are really like stressing out over when the Bills will clinch or when they'll win the division. I think both of those things are going to happen. I don't think it's really all that big of a deal. Yesterday, when you know the the Dolphins were upsetting the Chiefs for a while, and everybody was like, "Oh man, like we need," you know, Bills needed the Chiefs to win this game to to get that division wrapped up. I was thinking to myself, I think you'd much rather have the Dolphins pull this off and you know muddy things up at the top of the conference. Nevertheless, it didn't happen. The Chiefs are looking very likely to be the number one seed. The Bills now have a, a puncher's chance to catch the Steelers, though, and they have the tiebreaker against them. So they have to keep winning. They probably have to get to 13 wins. But the question will become, heading into week 17, if they've got the division all but wrapped up, which would probably be likely, would you rest your starters and you know be okay with the three seed? Or would you play everybody on the off chance that you're able to to steal that two seed? Uh, how much is that worth? Because it could mean, uh, you know, avoiding the Chiefs for you know a couple rounds, and that might be the case either way if you're the two or the three. Uh, but I, I don't know. It'll be a an interesting conversation that they have to have, especially in a year like this one where. An extra buy might be a good mental break, you know for a team that's been it's been a little bit of a different slog this year for for NFL teams being in the building all the time uh, and things like that. so it'll be it'll be interesting. I think you'd want the highest seed possible to keep getting home games for as long as possible, but uh, you know, it might not be worth. Risking injury, uh, especially when the the difference is pretty negligible. There,
0: Pittsburgh's remaining schedule for the record: at Cincinnati, home against Indianapolis, at Cleveland in the season finale in a game that could determine the AFC North. So uh, we may not be looking to games
1: yet. Yeah. The
0: Steelers, uh, well, Cincinnati. You know, they're competitive. Colts and time. Browns
1: are two tough games. Though.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Kansas City, uh, you know, the Bills aren't going to catch uh, Kansas City. Kansas City has a soft remaining schedule. Um, well, no, I guess I was thinking of somebody else. they at New Orleans. Uh, but of course, that's a conference game. Oh, and then at, at home against Atlanta, and then uh, finish up against the Chargers uh, at home.
1: So. Home against Atlanta, good year to good year to have Patrick Mahomes if you make it all the way to your fantasy uh, championship huh? against that. Yeah, that's pretty secondary. good. I didn't think that. I don't have much Patrick Mahomes myself. But this game tonight is going to be somewhat interesting, I think, for the Bills' purposes. A-, a Ravens loss clinches a Bills' playoff spot. But more importantly, a Ra- I mean, I think if you're a Bills fan, you don't want the Ravens in the playoffs at all. Um, and a loss to the Browns tonight would, would hurt the Ravens' chances. Wouldn't bury them completely, but it would hurt them uh, somewhat significantly because the Ravens have an easy schedule from here on out. They've got the Giants, the Jaguars, and I think the Bengals uh, in their last three games. So they should probably win all those, which would be 10 wins. Win against the Browns would would get them to 11 and in. The reason I say that is because right now it's tracking like if the Ravens do make it they're either that six or seven seed and so if you're sitting there wondering you know oh what's the difference between the two or the three seed if it means avoiding Baltimore in the first round uh, I know Baltimore hasn't looked exactly the way they did last year and and they've struggled at times but that record isn't totally indicative of, of who they are given what they had to go through Uh, you know, with COVID and everything like that. So I don't think that's the team you necessarily want to run into. Uh, Not that the Bills can't handle them, but uh, in terms of ranking the matchups, that one probably wouldn't be at the top of the list for Bills fans. And the other thing is the the AFC South will be interesting too, because if the Colts can catch the Titans, that, you know, puts the Titans in that lower bracket as a potential round one matchup. And we've seen that that's not the most favorable matchup for Buffalo either
2: and the Browns have the same number of losses right now as the Bills. So I think if you look at the Bills' upcoming schedule, they probably have to win out to get the two seed, regardless of what Pittsburgh does. And I think it might come down to a situation where if you're Sean McDermott and wondering whether to play all of your players or rest anybody in Week 17, where a win gets the two seed and a loss puts you down to the four seed, and that could be a big difference in terms of second-round opponent and who you play and where you play. If you're the Bills, you want to host the Titans. You don't want to go to Tennessee again where you've already, you know, had a tough game earlier in the season. And so I think to answer Tim's initial question, the more you win, the higher the expectations. So now the expectations are the Bills do win these final three games. They're going to be favored in all of them. Perhaps there's nothing to play for in the last game and they decide not to, but I think it shakes out now that the two seeds in play, that the Bills are going to have something to play for in all three of these remaining games, unless – They lose to the Patriots. I think they might lock into a place going into week 17 where they win the division, but don't have anything to play for after that.
1: And a weird way, it almost sets you up more for the rest of the starters scenario. If you lose a game at some point in the next two weeks, whether it's the Broncos or the Patriots, or maybe the, the bills will be in a spot where they're like, they say, you know what, let's throw this game against the dolphins so that the dolphins can get into the playoffs because they like that matchup so much. I mean, he'd probably much rather play the Dolphins than the Ravens, the Colts, uh, the Titans. Um, You know, I think all of those teams present uh, a little bit more of a challenge for the Bills. than. uh, Dolphins have looked somewhat tough lately, but Josh Allen against Miami is um, pretty, pretty good over the course of his career. And uh, I don't think Tua is necessarily... Uh, ready to come to Orchard Park and win a playoff game as a rookie.
0: What do we think the baseline for satisfaction should be? Uh, Dare we talk Super Bowl? Uh, You know, there are too many good teams in the AFC to expect it. I think it's okay to think about it. Uh, I'm totally comfortable. Uh, I can actually envision the Bills reaching the Super Bowl. And then once you're there, I mean, who knows who comes out of the NFC. And if you make it, uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, this is like the 90s Bills and just making it is, um, is the end of the road. I mean, they could win it. Uh, we could be looking at a championship team. It's fathomable. Uh, I don't think I could have envisioned it a month and a half ago. Uh, that would have been just too out there for me, especially with the Steelers undefeated and rolling. Uh, just a few weeks ago, and Kansas City, the whole thing. Uh, Baltimore seemed a lot more formidable just a few weeks ago than they do now. Uh, But the bills are surging, and uh, winning the division is going to happen. So that target seems to have shifted. Getting that first-round by, okay, uh, they're going to get that. Uh, Winning a game, I think, is mandatory in the playoffs. If they get to the AFC championship game, is that going to leave a satisfactory taste? uh, Or is it not going to be enough as expectations shift and the excitement level continues to grow?
1: I think that'll be enough. Uh, I think,
0: I mean, for us, I mean, think it, but do you think, what do you think?
1: I think fans, and I think it depends on how how it
0: ends too. You know, if they play a really bad game or if they blow a lead, like they did last year in the playoffs against Houston, uh, that's a, you know what? I think fans actually accepted that. They were just happy to get to the playoffs last year. Yeah, they, and the especially They carried that, on after that loss.
1: You know, that was Josh Allen's first playoff game. So as time kind of passed and people were able to take it all in and decompress, I think they rationalized it as such. And that's fine because they've built on it. If that's as far as they go, you know, if they don't win a playoff game, I think it's a massive disappointment and it's hard to sell a tremendous amount of progress. Certainly the progress has been made on the offensive side of the ball. That's fairly apparent uh, as time has gone on here. It's a a pretty drastic change on offense defense They're, I think back to where they were. So you're looking at having a much better team and playing a home game. So if you don't win in the wild card round, I think that's that's a failure, it's a wasted opportunity. If you win one playoff game and lose the next one, I think there would be more disappointment now than if I had thrown that scenario at at Bills fans a couple months ago. I think a lot of people at the beginning of the year said win the division, get a home playoff game, win that home playoff game. That's progress, you know, and chalk it up and move on. Now I feel like, you know, reaching, you know, being a conference finalist should be the bar, uh, especially after they just beat the Steelers who are right now the second, you know, best team in the AFC record wise. So as you said, a lot depends on the Are the Bills clearly
0: the second best team in the AFC right now?
1: I well, think no
2: Tennessee. If I were yeah, right, Tennessee
1: now, beat be um, If we go based on um, football outsiders, you know Super Bowl odds, the Bills are third behind the Steelers. I think they're better than the Steelers, uh, but I'm. I think I'm with Jonah that they don't have. They don't have a clear and obvious edge over the Titans. Uh, they're having a better season than the Titans, but I don't know if they match up against the Titans uh, necessarily. They have an easier path to the Super Bowl than the Titans because they're likely going to be playing at home, potentially for multiple rounds. But I don't know that they're um, clearly better than them. I do think they're better than the Steelers. Uh, you know, Not a stretch to say after they beat them. But yeah, so if you're the second... Handily.
2: They,
0: they, beat the yeah, they beat the Steelers. Them. It was clear
2: in, in the third quarter that the game was over. It's also their biggest win margin of the season. Yeah, that
0: was a game that uh, would they, they put it away. It was, there was no fretting. There was no worrying about it. You could have gone to bed early last night and felt very comfortable. In fact, I, I after Taron Johnson's pick six, I thought that was probably it because the Steelers had looked – both teams had looked so out of sorts that – a play like that, I figured was going to be enough to to shift the balance and, and pretty much just set one team on its course. So, um, yeah. Especially once, once when the, the Bills Steelers were ahead, came
1: back, the Steelers got the ball back and decided to just kneel out the clock. That felt like they were kind of going into a corner and curling up because they didn't. They had fifty two seconds after that, and with Ben Roethlisberger and all those receivers, they decided to, you know, kneel down and just get the halftime, um, you know, with that two point deficit, that to me felt like, you know, they they knew what they were up against and they, they don't have confidence in their quarterback. They don't have a, a tremendous amount of confidence in their passing game. And, and yeah, it certainly proved to be the case when they're. I think the Steelers
0: played the Meek ball. the whole night. Because of that, like you just said, but at the end of the game, they didn't call their timeouts until very late. And that was a team that was just happy to, to get out of there. They were done in the whole thing with three games and 12 nights, which sounds really incredible. And, oh, my God, three games and 12 nights. But if you play, every, if you play on Sundays only, you're playing three games and 14 nights. If you start when the first game is, and then seven days later, you play your second game. Then seven days later, you play your third game. That's three games in fourteen days. You mix in a Thursday night game, and there's your three games in eleven nights or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not
1: it's not uncommon to do what they did. Of course, to do it in the manner in which they did it, with a Wednesday game and yes. uh, a Monday afternoon game, and having their schedule. They haven't had a bye, uh, and it shows. Um, you know, they didn't get a traditional bye, and. Uh, they had to practice all week and then not play, you know, they've had a, a screwy run here, but they definitely feel like they're running out of gas. Uh, that's not to take anything away from what the bills did to them. Cause they thoroughly, uh, you know, handled them, but yeah, that Steelers team looked ready to be, be done with it all. And they start to feel a little bit like the Patriots a year ago, where they're holding it all together by a thread. Uh, you know, they've got, this really good league best defense. They've got a future Hall of Fame quarterback, but it feels like they're going to have some trouble uh, in the playoffs. You know that their their quarterbacks kind of running out of steam. Uh, the party seems like it's almost over there with. They're Rockles having trouble great. getting their run game going. I don't think that they'll be, you know, necessarily go into a tailspin in future years without Roethlisberger because they have a good coach, but they're going to have to reload and find another quarterback. So yeah, they're kind of, they're losing some of their luster. And I think that's all of a sudden, not that terrifying of a matchup in the playoffs. Uh, I think, you know, it makes that's one less team that the bills have to be sitting there thinking about, uh, you know, the, the matchup, as Jonah said, they, number one thing we learned last night is that they can beat the Steelers. And, uh, you know, that's something that we didn't know, uh, you know, heading into this week. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely an an impressive win for them. And um, I don't know, we'll see what it does. uh, See if they can finish it, you know, finish with with some wins in the next few weeks and and really make a, a good chase at that Steelers team.
2: I still wouldn't say the bills are clearly better than the Steelers based on one, home win on Monday night when when they were better than them that night. We need more evidence, I think, about whether the Steelers are and Ben Larkensberger are fading and aren't quite the team they were when they started with 11 wins and maybe a little more evidence or or whether it was the schedule and things that kind of got to them and they're still that contending team over the last three weeks. But what Tim asked earlier, as far as what is satisfying for Bills and Bills fans this year, Winning the division and winning a playoff game should be enough. Those are two things that haven't happened in 25 years and it's progress from where this team has been last year. But, and anything beyond that would be nice, but I, I don't think you would can really be that disappointed if the Bills don't go further than that. But losing a playoff game, as Matt mentioned, now you're talking, you're like the 90s Sabres. You can get to the playoffs, but you can't get out of the first round. And that will hang over the team all of next season. No matter what they do in the regular season, the question will be, yeah, but can they win in the playoffs? So you got to get that playoff victory this year so that that's not, it's almost like a mini version of the drought. You're like, what's going to happen now? This team can't win in the playoffs. It doesn't matter how good they look earlier in the season. The
0: Cincinnati Bengals, Marvin Lewis.
1: The Lions, yeah. right, with Matt Stafford, um, you know, have have always struggled there. You know, do they become like the Falcons uh, with Matt Ryan, although they did eventually make a little bit of a run and um, have that historic collapse, but yeah, that, it's it's interesting when Josh Allen and this team enter into a different, different tier of discussion, right? You know, is, is Josh Allen going to be Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan, or is he going to be a guy that elevates in the playoffs and plays some of his best football? Uh, you know, in the postseason, we don't know that yet. We don't know what he's going. The last time we saw him in the playoffs, albeit in his first ever playoff game, he you know looked a little bit lost, uh, looked overwhelmed. He won't have to deal with a crowd more than likely, or at least not a, a raucous crowd. Um, looks like they're going to have a home game, so they'll have no crowd. Uh, but, you know, what's he going to look like? That, that's the next thing to learn about this team. Uh, you know, we don't learn, learned a little bit last night, but we don't learn much here in the final three weeks about them that we don't already know. It's that playoff game. How is Sean McDermott going to coach uh, in, in his next playoff game here? He's had two so far. And I would say in those two, he was out coached pretty convincingly by Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien. So what's he gonna look like in, in number three? What's Josh Allen gonna look like? And I think to Jonah's point, winning that game answer you know, answers some of those questions. It holds off those questions. And yeah, it'll be disappointing if they lose in the second round. It'd be disappointing if they got to the AFC championship game and lost, depending on the the fashion in which it all happens. But that's something that they can live with if there's clear progress, which winning the division and winning a playoff game would be that from a bare minimum. So it will be disappointing, though, regardless. If they lose in the playoffs, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it will be disappointing. Like that's how it feels when your team is good, goes to the playoffs, and looks like a team that can beat anybody. It does not feel good to lose. You don't lose the game and say, Oh, man, what great progress. I'm fired up about that. I do think it
0: matters how they lose. If, yes. they
1: end up, if they end up meeting Kansas City
0: and Kansas City's going you know, full throttle and puts 45 up on them, then there, there might be this feeling of, okay, but that that happened. and uh, we expected that, and I can live with that because Kansas City' is just amazing. Uh, now maybe you fret over, okay, how do you close that gap? And uh, then you're, you're thinking about,
1: you know. Yeah, that would feel a little hopeless, right? Like, you know. Yeah, it, but at
0: least it, it would but, end in a way where it would, it would be a clean ending and it'd be like, all right, time to start thinking about 2021. Let's get those fans back in the stadium. Uh, that'll be the difference. 12th man, Bills Mafia, uh, the whole thing. Uh, you know, that would have been the difference. Um, it's kind of like
1: when you lose in the fantasy playoffs, And you lose by like 40 and you're like, all right, whatever, you know, nothing I could have done there. But when you lose by like 10 and you had a slappy in your flex and some guy went off on your bench, you're like, oh man, like I really screwed this one up. So that part of it does matter. I think to how fans will, will swallow a loss. If it comes to that, maybe they don't lose. It's just a weird year where a lot of weird things are going to happen. Maybe the healthiest team wins in January. Well, and losing the
2: super bowl can be demoralizing. You know, we watch these documentaries and all this lore about the Bills team that went back four times, but if you live through it like I did, it was pretty rough for the months after they lost that super bowl. It was tough getting beat like that on that stage when you thought you were a championship team, and there's a history of teams that lose the super bowl and that have that hangover the next year. So, no matter what, if they and don't You don't, win don't the expect to
0: get back the next year. You wonder, that's the that's the uh, that's that's the end the infusion of dread is that was our chance. Oh. And as the Bills kept going back to more and more Super Bowls, it was how many more of these are we going to get? You know, there's no way we're going to go back again next year
2: after two and three and then four.
1: Yeah, I think the so
2: farther you, they if go. Win one, well, sorry, if you win one and lose one, which seems maybe what we're saying is the most likely scenario, that's almost the best scenario because you're like, all right, well, the Bills are on schedule. They keep getting one game better every year, and that Super Bowl's coming next year.
1: Yeah, I think the farther you go, the more it turns from frustration to heartbreak and and disappointment. Like they I think that's what I was getting at when I said if they lose in the AFC championship or the Super Bowl, that will be crushing. It won't be disappointing. It won't say anything necessarily about how this team is built and how it's set up for the long term, but it will be more it will be more like heartbreaking than losing in the divisional round because in the divisional round, you're like, Hey, this was just a team, you know, a little bit ahead of schedule year three with the quarterback, like got that playoff win, got the division next year, they'll build on it. But as Tim mentioned that, that feeling of, Oh man, this was the chance.
0: It's like the NHL, the further you get into the Stanley cup uh, playoffs and any sport that's NBA. But I think, most of the people listening to this podcast can relate to those rides that you get closer and closer to the Stanley Cup final and not make it. Uh, you lose in the second round, and it's, well, they weren't going to make it. Uh, that was a good run. We, got it. we, we won a series. Um, I you always that, love it when you lose. speaks to, to exactly what Jonah team. just said. And, but, yeah, you experience, I think Buffalo fans have experienced that most notably, especially over the last 20 years, when it comes to their hockey team. Those deep runs really leave uh, a hangover.
1: Well, you feel like at that point anything can happen, right? Like, all right, like the farther you get, the more you're like, well, like, like look at the Jaguars a few years ago in the AFC Championship game. Like the Jaguars with Doug Marone as their coach and Blake Bortles as their quarterback were uh, some dumb Doug Marone decisions away from beating the Patriots and ending up in the Super Bowl. And then if that happens, who the hell knows what what goes on? Because the Jaguars had a great defense, and hey guys, know, so. I
0: I hate to interrupt, but I think I have a guy here to look at my basement. My is dog he, is telling me that there's a stranger. You have uh, okay, have him. Uh, Upstairs? Yes. Okay. Unless you want to come in. No, come on. It, it's back here in the corner. This is Brian. Brian's coming to look at my basement. You want to come I'm on Ryan. my, uh, you want to come I'm and talk t- <laughs> on the podcast here, Brian? What are your thoughts on the Bills game last night? Uh, it, was a good game. it was a good game, Brian says.
1: Um, can't argue with that.
0: No, that's, uh, you can't. So yeah, I got uh, my brand new basement office, which I've discussed here, uh, is uh, going to need to be torn up because I'm getting water in my basement.
1: From the pipes, right?
0: Well, we don't know. That's what Brian's here for.
1: Check into it.
2: Did you taste the water to find out where it was coming from? (laughs) That's next. (laughs) All right.
0: uh, So I guess this is our cue to wrap it up. Um, Did you? Did you need to finish your thought, Matt?
1: I don't remember what my thought was, so I probably didn't need to finish it.
0: Hey, uh, what I do need to say though, Brian's wondering what the hell goes on here in Tim Graham's basement. Hang on a second. got to give my read for CTBK. Shampoo Travis Bisson Kirshner is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client. For assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions, CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, Call 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. The proud sponsor. Well, you know what? How should I say they're proud? Maybe they're ashamed. Maybe they're the ashamed sponsor of Tim Graham and Friends and that they do it out of some sort of obligation. They need to say that they're proud sponsors, right? I can't say they're proud sponsors. Yeah, the
1: onus is unless you've asked them and have that fact confirmed. That's true. It's not for you We're to say. We're proud
2: of our sponsorship. I don't know how you Absolutely. thrilled. expect that sentence. Thrilled.
0: Uh, CTPK ass. has been with uh, this, uh, this show for a long time and uh, has been bringing this, uh, this quality sports an- uh, analysis
1: Funding the Tim folks Graham's of Western New York for a long basement time. Basement renovations since 2019.
0: We're going to do a live, uh, yeah, live coverage of uh, Tim Graham's uh, basement refurbishment. All right, guys, uh, thanks for doing this, uh, and uh, my apologies for oversleeping today. It's been, a, it's been quite a day uh, here at uh, Graham Central Station.
1: Tim's still uh, getting ready for prime time.
0: <laughs> I'm still getting ready for the 2020 season. I, I'm in preseason form. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks.